Welcome to the 192nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on August 3rd, 2020. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I am 50% of this here show. With me is the guy who's going to make a million in the eShop, it's Carlos Rodella. How's it what, going, what? Carlos? Yeah, hey, I would take uh, 10000 or $1,000, anything in the eShop. <laughs> you know, I'm not Excellent. a... It's for, if, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, I'm, I have him working on a, a video game. You know, a platformer, and so I'm going to sell in the eShop. And we're going to see if I can make, uh, yeah, a million dollars, I guess. That's the goal. How's it uh, How's it coming so far? It's good. I'm just, I'm at a, uh, a stuck point. I think that's the technical term. Uh, based on whether I put enemies in or not. Because I, I have this new idea of having just the environment be the challenge. Man versus nature. Classic, Man versus nature, uh, yeah. conflict, yeah. So I think it's going to go that way, which means I'm just, like, killing a bunch of, like, you know, chunks of the game. So we'll see. Here, dude, pro tip. Pro tip for you. Before you launch your game, go on to like Etsy or jump on to like uh, anime Twitter or whatever. I got some people in my timeline I could hook you up with. You need to get some uh, character art with like an anime girl with like enormous boobs. Get oh, that boy. to be your title, your title art. Guarantee you'll sell like five times more than you would have sold otherwise. And the game no longer has that anywhere in it. Like there's no actual. Doesn't need to. Has, yeah. I, dude, you know how many games I've seen? Where there's like some giant, uh, some giant chested anime chick. I'm like, oh, this looks awfully sexual. Click on it, and it's like, like some just you know match three puzzler, which has nothing about it, or like a oh little my a rhythm game where it literally nothing to do with the art. But that's how you get people suckered in. That's how you make those sales, dude. Sex sells. Cool. I'm not doing that, but thanks for the tip. <laughs> uh, it's gonna be stand on its on its uh, gameplay alone because it's gonna be fun to play. All right. Anyways. That- all right, fair enough, fair enough. We will discuss this on another day. Excellent. Welcome to the show, folks. We have a million, 1.5 million games to talk about today. In fact, it's going to be a very packed, very tight show. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to stick to our usual uh, no bullshit opening. Although we do have a bit of housekeeping. Uh, nothing from me, but what do you have today, Carlos? A uh, couple things real quick. Uh, we mentioned Ghost of Tsushima on this show before. It's one of my favorite games of uh, this year. Uh, I really enjoy it. I'm still playing it. I'm actually slowing down. And like playing it slowly because I like it so much. Um, I thought I'd mention two things that I think would be really cool for our listeners as well as just to tell you. Is A, for accessibility, they had a patch go up and you can make the text bigger. Oh, nice. Excellent. I love seeing that happen. I know. And we're like uh, big, you know, sticklers for small text here on the show. I thought that was really nice. And secondly, we didn't talk about it much, uh, but the load times are the best load times of any open world game I've ever played. Period. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And you're on the standard PS4, is that correct? I'm on the PS4 Pro. I don't know if that matters. Um, it'd be interesting if it does. You know, and there'd Probably, be like... I, I would guess it does, because I'm on a standard PS4, and if you're on the Pro, I'm guessing I'm guessing you got an advantage there. Well, it's, it's like, you know, I haven't had many advantages of the PS4 Pro, I swear. Like, I don't feel like it's ever been, like, that much better. So, if it's for load times, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Uh, because you pick a place on the map... And about, let's see, like not under a minute. Yeah, like uh, one, two, three, four, like se- 10 seconds sometimes, 15 seconds. For like, like you, a complete like complete loading of a whole new environment. Yeah, like you're in the new spot. Sometimes five seconds. Like it's ridiculous. 
So hmm. I just I never mentioned that in my review, my early preview review, but man, oh man, that's really cool. So more games, to please try to work on your load times because that really it makes just the whole experience better. That's a good point. You know, I know that's uh, that's a bar that uh, both Microsoft and Sony are going to try to hit in the next uh, generation. And you know, we we discussed this. I believe it was last episode where there's only there's only a certain bar you can hit with the graphics before you know, and after that, it's just you're just diminishing returns, right? Like you're yep. you're getting smaller and smaller specks of sweat, smaller and smaller pores. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Like when you hit a certain point, but something that would matter, like you said, faster load times or like improved UI or the ability to change text or something. If you could use that power of the consoles to make a better experience in general, I'm all for that. I'd rather see some of those things than to get one more, you know, hair on a guy's forehead that's in Madden that I'm not going to care about anyway. Yeah, that we never see because it's got a helmet on for it, for exactly. one thing. Exactly. But um, there, the power, the power in this thing, <laughs> the rendering power, it's amazing. The hair and sweat power. Um, <laughs> and this is something that I can't really, I shouldn't go into, but I I need to, and I, I don't want to derail us too much because it's just housekeeping, but just... Recently, Joe Rogan said something about video games. Oh, fuck that guy. I know. Fuck that guy. I know. And so it's like a long statement I want to make, but I don't really want to make it. So let's just say, in short, Joe Rogan basically said something like, you know, he didn't like the fact that video games wasted his life, and he was addicted to them, by the way, and that they're like, uh, you're not accomplishing anything. You're doing nothing when you're playing them, even though he failed to mention there's a multi-billion dollar business around it and you can get a job in in anything around games. But then he said you should actually just like, work on jujitsu because that's something he loves and he's like obsessed with. And he says, if you did that and you became an instructor for jujitsu, like then you've actually done something. And I go, okay, how many jujitsu instructors are there in this country? Um, how many people work in games? Like yeah. talk yeah. about a career. He was actually like trying to say it like for a career and I'm like, Motherfucker, there's like eight of those people. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's only so many dojos you can have. Yeah. Whereas games is like this enormous field. And, you know, I don't know that much about jujitsu and structures, but I would wager that a top level game designer or programmer or graphics person probably makes a shitload more than a jujitsu instructor. Or a streamer, because right now I looked at some of the, you know, top streamers, uh, not just streamers, but like professional game players, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Huh? Yeah, dude, it's big money. Yeah, it's big money. So, anyways, his point is not valid. So that's why it's, I might as well not even talk about it because he didn't make a valid point at all. And uh, later on in the episode, he actually backtracked and said it was kind of like comedy. Anyways, it's a mess. People will take the tagline and be like, "Joe Rogan thinks games are dumb." So just maybe again, watch that clip and you'll see that he has no point at all there. And then fuck Joe Rogan. Well, just to tag on to that a little bit, everything you said, 100% agree. Also, fuck Joe Rogan. Yes, fucking stupid idiot. But also on top of that, just to kind of take it in a slightly different direction, it's we are not living in a world where we need to justify things that we love with a price tag. Like, you don't have to have a hobby that makes money in order for that hobby to be okay. Right. You know? like, like, if you enjoy books and you really want to read books, you know, like, I, I can remember back in the day, like, some people saying, oh, Brad, you read too many books. Okay, well, I mean, that's fine, but books are great. They made me a smart person. I'm, a, I'm an editor now. I, I use that knowledge, and I think books benefited me in many ways. Or people, you know, people who, like, watch TV all the time, or people who listen to music. Music is a waste of time. TV is a waste of time. Like, you can enjoy these things that you like, and they don't have to be profitable in order for them to be legitimate hobbies. Yep. So, like, the, this American idea we have of constantly tying a price tag to everything is really stupid. I mean, it's really stupid. I mean, I totally recognize there's a... 
uh, definitely a financial gain to be made if you work in games. Games sell a lot. I mean, it's a huge industry, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, also just putting that aside, if you are a person who just loves playing games, that's okay. It's totally fine. I'm sure Joe Rogan watches shitloads of TV or he like probably drinks himself black, you know, every Thursday and Friday and Saturday night. Like, what about that wasted time, Joe Rogan? Why don't you stop right. drinking it's or just, stop drugging or whatever the fuck you do and do something productive? Why don't you do that? Huh? It's just doing stuff because we're all going to die anyhow. So let's just make, let's just do some stuff and entertain ourselves before that inevitable end. Not to get dark, but that's the case. Like it, it is all just like, everything's a time waster, right? Like yeah, then, I mean, literally, I mean, exactly. That's Everything what I'm trying you're doing to say. that is not a job. Right. Is a time waster. And is he saying that all we should be doing is just making money 24-7? Because, right. Because Jeff Bezos isn't rich enough. We should all go work for Amazon and just make more money because cause the billionaire is not rich enough. Like, fuck that. Take some time for ourselves. Enjoy our lives. Like you said, we're not infinite beings. I mean, it's right. okay to enjoy something and it doesn't make money. It's totally fine. Nothing wrong right. with that at all. And that, that's the reason why I brought the money part up first is because that was kind of an argument like of like, if you would have done this, then you would have, here's where you would have reached a career. And I was like, well, A, that's an invalid point because you can have an insane career in games. You know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. like fucked up. So that's I, after I excluded that, then like you said, your point comes into play is like, shut up. Like let everybody do whatever the fuck they want to do. No doubt, Anyways. dude. Like the world is miserable enough already. We don't need Joe right. Rogan shit all over video games. He's canceled. Fuck. Oh, I wish I wish that motherfucker was canceled. Okay, we're not gonna Hey, our show's that. pretty popular. I'm just saying. Uh <laughs> at least hundreds, if not thousands, of people listen to us. I think we can cancel someone. We're Let's canceling do it. Joe Rogan's ass. Canceled, okay. motherfucker. Okay. Video Enough games. of that. Any any other housekeeping or are we good? No, we're good. All right, folks. Let's go, let's dive right into it. We got a ton of games to get through. It's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Let's start with you, Carlos. Uh, Sword Art Online, Alicization, I think is how it's pronounced. That's Alice, my best guess at it. Alicization. Alicization, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I will trust else. your judgment on that. I am not very familiar with the Sword Art Online franchise. I'm pretty sure it's like an anime, maybe, or maybe or it's a manga or something, it is. and then it's it became an a game. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. And there's a series of, I believe, mostly PlayStation games, uh, and they're kind of like JRPGs, or maybe they're JRPG slash MMOs or something. I, I don't know much about it. Uh, never been something I've gotten into. But why don't you tell us about your experience with Sword Art Online, Alicization. Alicization. And there's another word after that, isn't it? Look it up. I think it's another word. Oh, my God. All right, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've played a couple of these games, and it, it is a JRPG, uh, action RPG, and it really does, you know, base around that same type of thing of, hey, you're in an MMO, but you're also in an RPG, but you're also, like, outside of the MMO, and you're in a real world, but you're really just, like, in the MMO. What are the other games that do that? There's a couple other that do that. Oh, um, um, the one oh, with all man. the video game were, girls, the the girls that are actually video game consoles. You're thinking like a uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia. Yeah, yeah, Neptunia. And there series. was also a really big one that was on PS2. That was like basically the exact same thing, and I'm totally blank. Oh no, it. it's the oh my goodness, it's in my tongue. It's the one called oh, No. My God. We are a bunch of lame old dudes that we can't remember what that game is called. It was huge on the PS2. Uh, square, square, uh, hack, hack, dot hack. Dot hack, dot hack. Woo, That's what it was. Yay, we remember. We're not seeing it yet. smart. Yay. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, de- definitely in that, the same vein as that, okay? Um, it's got a little bit of a twist, and 
it's i mean if you watch the anime series i guess basically most of it is the anime series so you're kind of you know like they did um like i mentioned last episode matrix the movie matrix had a video game and in that game you actually played portions of the movie right but from different perspectives and that game is fucking awesome anyways uh this is similar to that where like if you watch the anime you probably know a lot of the major beats and i didn't know that going into it i just thought it was kind of a new game based on the anime it's not it's a lot of the actual anime show is in this game are you talking literal clips no no there's uh, there's uh, there's animation but i i think you're playing you know you're really just playing through it right just replaying the story of the anime. yeah the story bits okay so you play as a character who basically you know gets stuck in an mmorpg is trying to figure a way out of that world and has to kind of play along with the characters he meets uh, because he knows he's in a game, but he doesn't know how to get out of it. And so, you know, he's got to do quests and meet people and try to figure a way to basically get to an area where he can get out or get access to get out of this game. That alone is cool as shit, right? Like, I love that concept. And in the beginning of the game, he was, like, talking to people, and he's like, well, this person's not an NPC, but is it a player in the game? It doesn't act like that. What is this person? And it got me really curious, like, what? yeah, what are the other characters in this world? Are they, like, AI? Are, you know, are they not? And they all could do, like, digital things, even though they were in a fantasy setting. So the game takes place in a fantasy-type world, RPG, but they can do, like, bring up a little digital display, like, in the middle of the air. And they're like, okay with that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so there's some, they must know they're in a game. But they never, like, allude to they're in a game. It seems complicated. It sounds kind of meta to me. Again, I mean, I'm following you, and I know the premise, so that right. sounds kind of crazy. Right. So, it, but you're but, not you're not actually playing with other people, are you? This is a single. You're player. not. You're a single player okay. game. But the the point is, it it never really like goes into the thing that I would have liked the most, which is these characters are NPCs, and like, what does it mean to be inside a video game? You know, and almost like poking fun at it. But instead, he just joins the 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 journey and finds a missing girl and goes and fights other people and then it's just like you're an rpg so i feel like there's a missed opportunity and maybe later on in the game i'm assuming near the end you like try to get out of this game but it really just felt like most of the game was going to be you know hack and slash going on quest not really telling people that you know it's a game and whatever okay so that's where i sit and halfway through i'm like hey it's still an rpg it's kind of fun then some of the enemies get really bullet spongy. I mean, like an MMO, right? Is this real time, real time hack and slash? Real time hack and slash. Okay. So, and when I, I hate it when the monster doesn't like warrant the amount of health it has. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like, totally, dude. Totally. It's like a little like frail bird creature, and it's like five minutes later, you know, he's still alive. <laughs> After ten thousand sword slashes, he's like halfway. I down did so much. Part. I did so many combos yeah. to that bird creature, you know. And so that's starting to wear thin on me. And then I hit the breaking point. Here's Carlos's out point. Okay. What, what is the breaking point? Here's how I escaped the game. Is, how Carlos uh, actually got out of the game. I actually yes. got out of it, yeah. Uh, I, again, to recap before I even get to the ending, I like the idea of a game where you go inside and you're trying to question what, what this is and NPCs. That, that is not this game, and I, w- I still would like that game to be made. Second, the bullet spongy thing was getting me out. I'm I'm already out. Third thing that got me out fully was at some point I got further enough in the game that they did kind of a story break 
and they're like, okay, anyway, so all that stuff happened, but then all this other stuff happened that we're not going to have you play through, but you know what it is. It's this, and they went to this college, and then after the college, they did this stuff, and then, okay, you're in the college, and it's three years later. And I was like, what? what? That's not fun at all. Is that because they had to like jump ahead to like season six in the show or exactly. something? Exactly. It was tied to the anime. Uh, and I was okay. like, oh, I'm out. Uh, I'm not playing weak. anime. That that's weak. weak. Yeah. That's it. That's my that's my whole review. Is that I, I can't get into the game. when and Now, if you're an anime freak for this game, like I was for the Matrix game, then you're in. Because you're like, I would love to play more of the anime that I love. But if you're someone looking for an RPG, don't even try it. It's like, it's it's silly. It just, they jumped ahead so far and, ugh. Well, you know, it's a good point. You know, um, a lot of these tie-in games where, like, like I played one recently for One Punch Man. Uh, mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of these uh, Naruto games where they're clearly based off an anime. And sometimes they do a really good job of being a game experience on their own where maybe you're familiar with, with Naruto or One Punch Man or with Sword Art. And you want to check it out, but like you're not like a super fan. Like you're not there to have the series regurgitated at you. Mm-hmm. You just maybe you like the world or the concepts, and it goes off in its own direction. If it's a game like that where it can welcome someone in without them already being a super fan of the of the license, that's great. But if it's just recapping a show and you get to click a few buttons and kill a few dudes that you recognize from the TV show or something, that to me is kind of a waste. And it's a very limited market because I mean. I'm sure that Sword Art has a lot of fans, but if you're only catering to those fans, you're missing out on a lot of other people who may like the art who or who may like the JRPG action or whatever, or the, or the hack and slash action, but you're not bringing them in. Like, it's a fine art to kind of license a title, keep the spirit and the flavor, but then also welcome newcomers in. So clearly it sounds like this one did not meet that bar. A fine art? Like a sword art? Oh, fun. shit. So hidden good. pun. It was a I hidden pun. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's layers to this show, dude. Yeah, I know. If you have to go back and listen to it like three, four times, please do that. By the way, um, <laughs> by the way, to your point though, that it, and to go back to the Matrix because that's all I'm going to do now in this podcast is in that one you did play different perspectives, so it was worth going through parts that you might know because you never seen that whole section, you know. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, I will say this last positive thing about it, and I didn't say this at the beginning, but we did get a code for this game, um, so. Full disclosure. Full disclosure, late. Uh, I will say I really, really enjoyed the combat. I just, because it was too bullet spongy, it bothered me, right? But, like, the combos, the way that you just uh, chain things together, uh, everything just felt really good, like a, a fluid and good combat. So I will say that. I think the the people who want to play this game are fans of the anime who don't care that it's not a lot new. And then the combat's pretty good. But the bullet sponginess is pretty tough, too, because that bird creature should have been dead. That sucks. Well, it sounds like a kind of a missed opportunity. Maybe fans who are already fans will enjoy it, but it sounds like it's maybe not for somebody who's just on the outside looking in. 100%. All right. That is Sword Art Online, Alicization Lycoris. I looked it up while you were talking. There it is. Man, what a title. That is a mouthful. Okay. Moving on, folks. I'm going to take over for just a few. I have a bunch of games that I've been given codes for and I need to talk about in the show and we got to get them on the show. I keep putting them off and putting them off. So just put up with me for the next five minutes or so. I'm going to go through these rapid fire. They're like quick Darksburgs. Yeah, basically, basically. (laughs) Uh, Callback. Let's see. First one I'm going to talk about is called Other Side. O-T-H-E-R-C-I-D-E. This is a uh, isometric 
turn-based strategy game where you play kind of like a spirit of a lady who is fighting I don't know, like Cthulhu-ish monsters from another outside our veil of reality. And the whole game is in black and white, except for little splashes of red. And what you do is you generate, you call them daughters. I don't know if they're actually your daughters. They seem like mental constructs that are kind of like slivers of you as soldiers. And you go to do XCOM-style battles. And you fight these horrors from the other side. And if they die... It doesn't matter because you just generate more. So they're kind of like disposable and you just have to like keep making more of them and throwing them into this meat grinder to kind of ultimately level up these unlocks that you get and they expect you to die a bunch. They expect you to grind a bunch and it seems like they just want you to keep doing this combat until you're tough enough to survive the combat, eventually get to a boss, etc, etc, etc. Carlos, have you seen anything about this? Do you know about this game? Yeah, it's the most, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I love the art. I love the monsters. I love black and white and red, and I was excited. I actually originally thought it was an action RPG. And I, was like, I did too. Shit. I did too. Yeah, I think some of the marketing made it look like that because it was so cutscene heavy. Yes, um, yes, and then yes. I did watch the review because I knew, I, you know, found out it was an XCOM type game, and especially a roguelike one at that. So I'm, I'm yes. out, of course. Um, but what do, you, what do you think of the like difficulty of it? And did you think that like disposing of all those daughters like felt worth it? I mean, to be okay, so like just to be perfectly blunt, I felt like it was kind of a weird system that felt a little bit cringy to me, just because. You're generating a bunch of girls and throwing them away and they're dying. And it just seemed kind of, I mean, I'm not going to take a giant issue with it because games are games. You can do whatever you want. But it just, it seemed kind of weird to me, like a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, but a- apart from that, it's extremely grindy. Like they, like from the get go, I was already just kind of repeating myself because it's so difficult of a game. And it, you got to unlock a bunch of stuff before you can even hope to progress that right from right off the bat, I was like, okay, well, I got, I didn't make any progress. I got to redo the set of levels again doing levels again, make some new daughters. The daughters look like the ones I just had. And it's just really tough. You can't heal anybody unless you sacrifice one and they die real quick anyway. And it just seemed like one of those games where it's very cool concept. And the art is very good. Like if you look at still pictures, screenshots, it looks great. Um, But I just, I just, I got out like really quick. I bounced off it because number one, uh, just extremely, extremely grindy. Like uh, I, you know, playing XCOM or any of those games, like you got to go through a bunch of combat that's understood. But this is, it takes it to like kind of an unwelcome extreme and I'm just Mm. not into grinding. Uh, And also, I got to be honest with you, this game looks great in screenshots, but like playing it was really hard in my eyes, dude. Like the black and white just gets exhausting to look at after extended periods. Graphics are really small. Text is microscopic. It is so small and the UI is hard to read. The text is really hard to read. It's just, my eyes got really, really tired from watching it. Mm. And between that and the grinding, I'm like, I'm out. So like, it looks cool. It is not an action RPG. It is a turn-based strategy like XCOM, and it's also kind of a roguelike, and it's also just really, really tough on your eyes. So I I think it's kind of a cool idea. Maybe I would like to explore it a little bit more under different circumstances, but I'm out. I'm out okay. on this one. It's unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate. The next one is called Mittelborg City of Mages, playing this on the Switch. This is another really weird oddball one where you play... I don't even know how to even explain it. Your whole entire game is one screen. You're looking at a city. The entire city is on your screen. It's like a city that floats in the clouds. And it's all like menu-based. And what happens is this city gets attacked by storms, different colored storms. 
And so you have to like fortify different parts of the city by diverting resources, kind of like a city manager a little bit. Mm. So you're like, okay, Blue Storm is coming in three days. I need to take some of my guardsmen and assign them over here. And I need to take some mill workers and assign them over here. And I need to get some repairmen and assign them over here. And you're kind of like moving people around on this map, single map. And then the storm comes and then it tells you we weathered the storm successfully and we only took X amount of damage or we did it poorly and we took this, you know, other amount of damage. And it's just kind of weird. Like you're just fending off these storms and you're just looking at this one city and it's just, it's so bizarre. Like I was kind of interested to check it out because I'm always up for something weird. But again, just like with the other side, the problem is it's really hard on the eyes. This is on the switch again. And if you're trying to imagine an entire city being on the switch screen, that's how small it is. And then the text is also incredibly small, very, very small. So I was struggling with just looking at it. And then on top of that, seems like the translation was not done by people who actually spoke English. And a lot of the tutorials were extremely confusing. I just couldn't understand what I was supposed to do effectively. And between that and like just straining my eyes like crazy trying to see what was going on. I'm like, okay, I'm out. It, it might be a cool game. It's probably plays a lot better on PC, uh, which is, I believe, where it's from. But it's one of those games that just got brought to the Switch and didn't really get yeah. ported to the Switch. You know what I mean? Yeah, that happens a lot. I've been seeing that a lot. And um, and I also saw online people were talking about the bad localization, which can really hurt a game unless it's funny. Because uh, <laughs> then it's uh, fun. But yeah, it just seems like it's not the right platform either for it. Uh, it definitely feels like, a, just from the screenshots, a PC game, a Steam game. Or, yeah. by the way, we don't mention this much on the show because I'm guessing you mostly play your switch games in handheld mode am i right totally yeah absolutely yeah, yeah but i feel like that we're doing a disservice to some of the switch games then i think i might buy a, a switch pro because i have the or whatever the fuck it's called um the real switch because i have the light mm-hmm. and we probably should play some more games on the tv i think i mean i do when i i do sometimes like sometimes the mood strikes me i did this morning in fact but i mean to me the real test is is it is it visible when I'm in bed? Is it visible when I'm on the couch? If it doesn't, if it only works when it's in handheld, I feel like that's a problem, and I feel like that people should really mode. take that into consideration, right? Oh, you mean only works in TV mode? You're saying, or or handheld? Which one? Oh, did I misspeak myself? Yeah, what yeah. I meant to say. You sorry, said, my bad. Yeah, my you bad. Meant TV. Yeah. If it only works I, in yes. TV mode, then you should probably rethink why you even put it on the Switch. <laughs> thank you for correcting me. Flip whatever I said. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. You knew what I said, so thank you for reading my mind. But yeah. that's exactly what I meant. So yes. Same here. Okay. Um, next one is one that's been getting a lot of hype. We have not c- talked about Carrion on the show yet, have we, or have we? We haven't. I think I already heard your thoughts on Twitter, but uh, I'll listen again. Um, and, of course, for the listeners. Carrion, the monster that I remember seeing, you know, was it Devolver that puts it out? Devolver Digital, yeah. yes. Perfectly, Which yes. I like a lot of the stuff they do, and, and I think I remember seeing like the original uh trailer was like a funny one where it was like kind of a monster killing yes people and stuff they've had great trailers for this game they yeah. really, their trailer game was on point for this game yeah and so then i don't know about the game so tell tell me please so carrion is the game where they're billing it as like this like quote-unquote reverse horror game which i think is kind of a silly title but basically instead of the scientist containing the escaped monster in the lab you are the escaped monster in the lab and you are eating the scientists that are trying to contain you i love that idea that idea is awesome to me Uh, If you watch any of the trailers, like basically all of the official trailers are awesome for this game. They make this game look so fun. You're just like this big mass of like teeth and tentacles and eyeballs and you're whipping all around the screen and you're like tentacling dudes and munching on them and bloods all over the place. It just looks like if you like horror games or monsters and stuff, it just looks amazing. Like it looks like so fun when you're watching the trailers. Actually playing the game, 
not fun. I totally yeah. like I got bored with this game like almost immediately. And the problem, I'll tell you what, the problem is they made a great monster. The monster looks great and this is like a 2D 2D game, pixel game. But the problem is they stuck this cool monster inside a boring ass Metroidvania structure where the monster most of the time is trying to unlock doors, which is fucking what? not cool. Monsters should I'm, smash doors. Right? Like you're totally coming up against these locked doors. You spend a lot of your time looking for these little things you got to switches to flip and these other things switches you got to pull and there's all sorts of doors that you got to you know open up and just to make progress it's so boring it is so boring and also to make it worse is like there's no map and it's a metroidvania right so like all of the levels basically look alike they all are kind of like sciency hallways or there's like dirt and some bushes and it's just, the levels are not very visually distinct, right? It seems like they poured all the resources into the monster, which looks fucking awesome. The monster looks amazing, but all the levels look the same. You have a very hard time navigating about where to go. I was constantly, like, going back to places I had already been, thinking that I was going someplace new. Mm. And I just kept getting turned around and turned around. And all I was doing is looking for switches to flip to open up, like, locked doors. And I'm like, this is such a colossal waste of a cool-ass monster. And I thought I was going to be like, you know, whipping around, eating guys and being scary and people are going to be screaming, run away from me and stuff, which, you know, it happens a little bit. But like this is just a boring ass Metroidvania. And that's not what the trailers made it look like. And that's not what I signed up for. Uh, did not finish this game. I thought this game was actually hella fucking boring. I was really disappointed. Ooh, you got the hella fucking boring rating. Oh, man. I'll H-F-B. Tell you, H-F-B. H-F-B. That's an HFB up in this bitch. HFB. Slight tangent, dude. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you ever, I know you probably don't, but do you ever buy physical copies of indie games? Like like from like limited run games I, or special edition or something like that? Almost all, exclusively when I'm like at, which I'm, I don't know when I'm going to be back at, but like events, like packs and stuff, they yeah. always have like those there somewhere. Um, and I'm like a sucker and I'm like, oh my goodness, I want that indie game box version. But if not, then no, not on mine usually. I, I, I still like physical, and I buy a lot of indie games um, that are on physical. But usually, So here's the problem with, with how that works, right? Because when this stuff was just getting off the ground, when like limited run games and all these special edition and all these other places were getting off the ground, they were printing games that had already been out for like a while, right? Like they were doing um, like Downwell, and they were doing like Stardew Valley, and they were doing games where like you had played the game like most likely you had been through the game you knew you liked it and you had good memories of that game and you wanted like to have this physical memento or you wanted to have some kind of keepsake or something Mm -hmm. so that's a great way to do it i really love when i have the chance to buy a game just recently there was a a papers please that came out and i'm like oh i love papers please i I would love to buy that game Uh, but now more and more and more what's happening is they're launching the physical either before the download or they're coming at exactly the same time as the download which is a problem because if there's only 5,000 copies of a game being made and you think you're going to like that game, but you don't have time to like go download the game and then play the game and then see if you like it. Because by that time, if you go back to order it, that game is already gone because like they usually sell out like the first day, right? Yeah. So it's become this kind of thing where you're kind of taking your shots. You're gambling with it. And I've, I've been pretty good lately, but I will say I got suckered. I thought for sure I was going to like carry in, so I, I ordered the physical version. Oh. And I didn't have a chance to play it because I didn't want to get sold out. And I bought the thing. And it's like, I don't like this game at all. I think it's super boring. Hey, you know what? We're doing a free episode. (laughs) Put it in the pile. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I've paid fucking full price for it. So I don't know. I'm going to give it straight up away. But it's just I wish that 
I wish that they wouldn't put out physical versions until people had had a chance to try them first because right. I just feel like they've got you over barrel. Do you want this or do you not? Do you want this or do you not? And if you're a collector like I am, you get that fear of like, well, if I don't buy it now, I'm not going to get a chance later. I'm going to have to pay double on the secondary market and no one wants to do that. But man, I got snookered so hard, so I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I was going to say, the other thing that's disappointing is just, um, and what I'm definitely learning when it, when it comes to the the new game I'm working on, you know, the level design is, is I want to say everything, but it's a lot, you know, if especially if you're a um, side-scrolling 2D game. Oh my God, it's king. You yeah. need to have amazing levels. Yeah, and so, um, because I just watched this uh, talk uh, from the people who made N+, I can't remember who that name is. Oh yeah, and um. Oh, I love N+. I know who you're talking about, yes. Yeah, they were doing a great talk for an hour, and I was watching all of it about level design and showing how they work through things. And, and similar to me, uh, you know, I literally will take a level, playtest it, uh, change one thing, playtest it, change one thing, playtest it. Like, that's what you got to do yeah, um, to yeah. see the fluidity of it. And then, But for that, the monster's so cool. And like you said, it did come across as a cool monster. They just, yeah, level design. Oh, so boring. I could not believe there was no map and everything just looks the same. And it's just, I'm sorry, but like when you're a mass of tentacles and mouths and eyes and you're killing dudes, the last thing you want to do is fuck around with like locked doors for half the game. Like, oh my God, like what a missed oh opportunity. My God. Just like, I can't oh. believe you can't just smash through a door. You're a monster. Ah, such uh, a bummer, dude. Okay. Such a bummer. Okay, so that's carrying one more to go and I'm going to turn it back over to you. Last one I got to mention is called Radical Rabbit Stew. Uh, played it on the Switch. It's also on PC. I think it's on everything right now. It is a very cute 2D little uh, top-down puzzle game where you play like a chef, and he's got a giant spoon, so it's very cute and comical. And every rabbit in this game is a fucking asshole. Like, they're all just (laughs) asshole rabbits. And what you got to do is you got to knock them into your stew pot. So if I guess if you're a rabbit fan and you love furry bunnies, maybe don't play this one. Oh, so you're killing rabbits. You're, you're, you're making rabbits into stew. Rabbits in the stew. It's in the rabbits name. In the it's in the name, Carl. They tell Radical you up front. Rabbits do. They oh, tell by the way, right by away. the way, the key art for this is just a rabbit really pissed, like charging at you. So, you yeah, know. these rabbits are dicks in this game. So basically, there's all sorts of rabbits. There's like the aggro rabbit that runs right at you. There's the sleepy rabbit where he's kind of like a roadblock. There's like, um, I don't know, confused rabbit and sexy rabbit or whatever. There's like a bunch of rabbits. There's I don't a remember sexy the rabbit. I may, I may be making that one up. Okay. I'm not sure. But basically, they're kind of like, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like um, old school puzzle games like Adventure of Lolo or like... Um, oh, that's a callback. That's a mega callback. I know. Yeah. People like people haven't even heard of that game. No, I'm so the, old. no I'm children are like, here. what are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. But it's a 2D top-down puzzle where you knock the rabbits around, you, you bash them with your giant spoon, and then they bounce off of things in the environment, and you've got to like kind of like figure out what to bounce them off of in order to get them to ricochet into the stew pot. So it's very simple. Each level is like one screen. It's very cute. I actually like this one. I think this is a cute one. I'm not the greatest um, puzzle person. My brain doesn't really work that way. But I had fun with the part that I played. I do like it. And if you are a puzzle person, and it's a little bit on the action-y side, action-y puzzle, ricochet rabbit puzzle side, uh, it's pretty cool. I did like it a lot. Um, I'm chipping away at it like a level here and a level there. But they're already getting kind of tough for me. But I bet you if you're a puzzle person, you would not think it's hard. But for me... Because I'm not good at these, it's kind of hard for me. So I do think it's cool, though. Radical Rabbits 2, out of the, the group I just mentioned, is the one that I think is a pretty solid one. Yeah, I looked at the art, and I actually almost picked it up because of... Um, every once in a while, I do like to just switch over to a puzzle mode. Your brain yeah, switches, yeah. you know? 
Um, I would say it also looks like Bomberman in the art. Yeah, yeah, right? yep, yep. And yep, Bomberman, yep. we haven't talked about on the show, I'm not sure, but I have many stories. We'll get into that some other day. Uh, I love Bomberman. And I, it looks like the one-player version. So, like, in the one-player version, you actually, like, are trying to solve the puzzles a little bit and know what to right. blow up. Uh, it feels like that. And then secondly, you did an old-school callback. I want to do an old-school callback. Ready for this? Oh, shit, ready. Boxy Boy. Oh, man. Yes, yes. You're right, Boy. right? Yes. It yes, was on – I think it was on um, – shit, was it on the Game Boy? I think there was a version – I think it was on the Game Boy, yeah. Game Boy. And there was a, ver- there was a game like that, too, for the TurboGrafx – uh, that I also played. And yeah, it's just that push pull kind of, you know, figure yes. it out. It looks cool. Yeah. So it's cute. Radical rabbits Two is a thumbs up. If you like, if you like puzzles and it's kind of actually puzzle, it's really cute. I like it. The rest of these games, not so much a thumbs up, but there you go. Thank you for bearing with me. Those are my giant wad of contractually obligated to mention games. Let's turn it back over to you, Carlos. I've been talking for a million years. Everreach project Eden uh, I don't know anything about this other than the key art kind of makes it look like Mass Effect, and I think it came out on Xbox One a while ago. I looked at it for like a second, didn't didn't pull the trigger, but it sounds like maybe you did. Yeah, it's funny you should mention Mass Effect. Literally, what my summary for this game is: it's a mini Mass Effect. Mini Mass Effect sounds pretty good. Is it good? It's okay. It's uh. So here, let me set you up. It's by Elder Games, but that just means. Uh, a fancy name for a company it's one guy okay it's one guy with some freelancers Uh, I have a lot of friends who do that as well where and I might even do that as well actually at some point you finish the core game you've got a lot of stuff done but you need a little bit more art or you need you know some sound effects or whatever and you work with freelancers to finish it Um, that's pretty common I think so I cut this guy a million pounds of slack you know before I even started it (laughs) because I was like you're one guy uh, and you're working on a mini Mass Effect game. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's a that's a tall order for this dude. He must have dreams, right? And I think he hit a lot of the dreams, man. Like, so, yeah, you play as a woman who goes down to the planet. The planet itself is supposed to be worked on for, like, rich people and essentially, like, what's the word? Terraformed? Terraformed, but, sure. Yeah, like, it's going to be one of these planets that's habitable and they're going to turn it into, like, a bunch of companies own stock in the in the planet and you're going down to kind of just check it out investigate what's going on but you find that there's kind of some mutiny going on and some factions around and people and drones are attacking things and stations when they shouldn't be so you've got to figure it out but you're also like you know have uh, military abilities and you're obviously really good at shooting with your gun so you have that going for you and so you land and you've got to like figure out what's going on and shoot a bunch of drones, shoot a bunch of bad guys, and figure out what's going on. At the same time, you uh, have like a little robot who's, you know, comic relief, and some of it's funny, some of it's not. And, you know, they're going around with you, kind of just telling you about the planet, and you see weird little monsters, and you're kind of like learning about the planet as well. And the biggest problem is right off the bat, the sensitivity is fucked. Like, it's way too the camera angle where you're trying to like aim your gun or just look around is like super, super fast. So you can change that. And I did, and I helped me a lot, but in general, aiming is still pretty rough because when you're aiming, there's no lock on and without a lock on and with kind of not great controls, it makes shooting things kind of difficult. And so that's the biggest problem because the graphics are, you know, doable. Like it's nothing to write home about, but it, 
it fits. It feels like um, a mini Mass Effect game. It's like all the animations aren't there, but enough of them are. Um, the world and the weird planet looks pretty good. Uh, and the shooting's just a little tough. And I'm being generous there because sometimes it's really bad. Uh, it sounds like you're being very generous. I'm listening I'm being to the tone of your voice and the words you're choosing, and it sounds like you're being extremely generous. I am right now. because here's what I'm going to say, and I think a bunch of other reviews said this, and and I agree with all of them as well. Again, when in, when you know it's a one person, and you know, and some other people, you you get you cut us some slack, but also, like it gets a, enough right. So basically, I was in the mood for Mass Effect, and I was like. This does look like a mini Mass Effect. And it was, and it is, and it's only, I think, seven hours long or eight hours long. And I'm about like three hours in. And I don't want it to be, I want. I would love it to be a 20-hour game because certain times, we've talked about this in the show many times, you're just in the mood for a certain type of game. And I miss Mass Effect. And I'm realizing that there are like a handful of genres that I love. And I think you learn that as you play a bunch of games. Uh, for you, it's the strategy games. For me, it's open world. But specifically, it's a sci-fi open world game. I love those. And so that's why I loved Mass Effect Andromeda. And I'll stand to this to this day. I'll say that same thing. I finished it, loved every minute of it, because I'm craving a sci-fi open world game. So I will like look past some of the problems. And so that's the same thing happened with this. I was like, okay, that shit is kind of whack, though. But did I kill a bunch of guys and find out some new experiments and uh, like find out these monsters and learn about the lore and, you know, get a sci-fi thing going on. Yep. And that's all I needed. I mean, the game's cheap too, right? I, don't, I forgot 15 bucks, something like that. So wh- what would you say? Cause I, I looked at this and like I said, I almost pulled the trigger. I didn't for whatever reason. Um, and I guess, so a couple things. Uh, I remember one of our guys, I'm pretty sure it was AJ small at game critics who reviewed this and I'm, Oh, no, that might not be right. It might be Michael Pren. Uh, I apologize, guys. Whoever, I, it's hard to keep a thousand reviews straight in my head. So if I mix you up, I apologize. Um, but I'm pretty sure that some of the feedback on this game was that the combat was really tough. Like, it got really bullet spongy. Um, there wasn't a lot of skills or weapons. And it just, it was kind of like, kind of placeholder combat that they ended up rolling with for the final version. Do you feel like the combat is really tough? Is there too much of it? Is it is a barrier to your enjoyment? Or how is the combat? No, no, it's just the aiming's bad. Like, the aiming just has the to aiming. get... Yeah, if they had a lock-on, and he can... By the way, he can patch it. I know he can. I'm like, I'm rooting for this guy. I don't know. I did not look up his name, so maybe you can, because I keep just saying hit this guy. But uh, I am rooting for him, because it, it's enough... It, it delivers enough of that little bit of story, a little bit of comedy. Some of it fucks up, but he's trying, and some of it's pretty funny. And a little bit of sci-fi, you know, what's happening on this planet... It's enough for me, man. I mean, I, I would give this game an eight pretty much if I'm like, that's what I'm how I'm feeling it. Because even with the kind of whack controls, uh, to answer your question, no, it's not too hard. It's just like you basically are a lot of um, it's a lot of stealth shooting, if you know what I mean by that. Like like, like you are sniping guys before you get into like a big firefight. Kind of like not sniping, but you're like, yeah, there's there's a like a bold spongy kind of like a health meter. But it's not. It didn't feel like Sword Art Online. It's it's more like you just have to aim, be kind of un, in cover, and then take out something. You can't like rush into things. You know what okay. I mean? This, so like very cautious. Yes. 
not just like blast away, but you know, thoughtful shooting. So you don't get right. It almost felt like a sh- yeah, it felt like a strategy in that way. Like I felt like okay, I'm gonna hide behind this cover, get these three enemies, go do this, get get some ammo because you're kind of running out of ammo a lot. And and by the way, the person who said there's no skills is insane because there's like 150 skills you can upgrade. Uh, like literally. Okay. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm maybe I got my wires crossed. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But I remember I remember they said. It, the the combat was sketchy, too much combat, and, uh, it, and they said it felt like it got really hard at the end, like it was uh, unbalanced. So maybe, I it mean, that was like be. a year ago. Maybe it's been patched and balanced since then. Right, right, but I didn't get to the end, so I can't talk to that. i just say this. Again, it's mediocre combat. It's not like, again, there's lots of issues with it, and I think he might be able to patch it. But it did it did what I needed. It was like, here's a little mini Mass Effect. That's great. Uh, also, though, there is some vehicle moments, like vehicle levels, and those controls are whack, <laughs> like straight up whack. And I don't think he had like the right, you know, person helping with that or something. But they, it's just way too floaty, and and you end up crashing and stuff. So, yeah, it's just it's a good it's a good first try. Um, I appreciate him. <laughs> Excellent. I looked it up. His name is uh, Eddie E D Eddie Tarsoli, and he is the person who is the heart and soul of Elder Games. So it sounds like this is his vision that you are playing through dude right eddie now. i'm gonna tweet you after the show and be like i got nothing but love for you because i mean man talk about it setting your your goals high right like shooting for the stars on this one it's a whole mass effect game you know what I mean? like and it even did like multiple like you could do like side quests and stuff in a game like this it's like you'd think he'd just be able to pull off the main storyline but like there's additional stuff i don't know it's fun man it's a fun well you know life. When we reviewed it at Game Critics, that cooled me off a fair amount, and I kind of forgot about this game. But it sounds like you're finding some fun, and I, you know, I certainly am a person who can find fun in a broken game or a janky game. I mean, I, I, I can look at an experience and find the good if there is good to be had. So you're kind of like selling me on this one again. Maybe I'll go back and check it out. All right, and I'll let you know when they if he updates and stuff like that because I th- feel like if he just added lock on, the thing is going to be a yeah a killer app. All right, fair enough, fair enough. That was Everreach project eden now uh we are going to talk about the game that got me to go back to pc we talked about it last episode you know that i don't play pc games i never play pc games never play pc games never play pc games uh very very rare indeed so it's going to take something pretty unusual to get me to go to pc so here we are talking about it now i'm going to satisfy your curiosity uh i'm sure you've already been spoiled because i tweeted about it uh, a bunch once I, i i'm not on twitter Oh, you're not on Twitter. Have you not been spoiled yet? Nope. I don't know if you're going to tell you. I don't know oh, oh shit. Okay. Well, that'll be fine. I, I hadn't been talking about it at first uh, because I wanted to keep it under wraps. I wanted to surprise you. Uh, but also, uh, I was working on a review at that time, so I didn't want to talk about it too much before my review went up. But my, my actual full written review of this game is up at Game Critics. And if you go to Metacritic, I am literally the only critic on Earth who has a Metacritic review for this game. If you go look it up, it's just what? me. I am the person who defines this this game's <laughs> Metacritic score. It is all up to me. So that was pretty fun. Pretty fun moment. Uh, this game is called Max Gentleman Sexy Business. Have you heard of it? What? No, I have not. <laughs> I was listening to the Gamers with Jobs podcast. Do you know those guys? You listen to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I love that podcast. Uh, they don't their tastes don't often line up with mine, but the thing that I love is they talk about a lot of games and they always have this rotating cast of people and they're always talking about the most current games. Like whenever I want to know what's up this week or what, what what's up last week, want to hear about what's new and interesting, they've always got somebody talking about the latest thing, which is what I really like when I listen to a podcast. Uh, so Amanda Knowlton, who is the current host, I believe, 
uh, brought this game up and she just really sold me on it. Like I, I, I never go to PC games, even when people say they're really cool. I just don't care. But this one really got me because it sounded so interesting and different. So thank you to Amanda Knowlton for the, I mean, not just to me. I mean, she recommended it to like all the listeners, but I was one of the listeners. So, you know, whatever. Thanks for recommending it, Amanda. Um, so what this game is, it is a, an adults only game. I'll say that up front. So this is sexy, sexy nakedness a lot of adult content in it so heads up on that it's in the title sexy business they tell you up front we they, they, just like a uh, radical rabbit stew tells you it's about stewing rabbits this game is about <laughs> no sexy nonsense. business yeah no nonsense so uh what this game is it is kind of like a, a, a it's two parts two parts first part is an economic simulator where you are trying to regain a fortune that has been stolen from you by doing business and the other half of this is kind of like a dating simulator uh, slash visual novel a little bit. So what so what happens is you look at a screen that the computer monitor is a town looks like an old timey English town. And there's buildings across the screen like one building is a bank and one building is like a barbershop and one building is like uh, the slums. And there's uh, a couple of the buildings. And so it's kind of like a clicker or an idle game where you have a number of employees that work for you and you use your mouse you you click on one employee and you send them to a place like you pick a person you send them to the bank and they just start generating money like that's they're, it's just passive right like you're not doing anything you're just clicking them go here to the bank they start making money you click on a person go here to the barbershop and get yourself trimmed and it increases one of their stats so like you're just kind of placing people on the map and watching this bar go up in kind of like cookie clicker you know cow clicker idle idle mm-hmm. fashion so that's that's the first part of the game. And that part, I think, is actually pretty fun, um, deceptively fun, because even though it's pretty passive in some ways, you're also kind of playing beat the clock because you have a certain amount of time in order to beat the game. And so you have to kind of mid-max your strategy about, oh, if I put this person here, they can earn money faster than this person. And if I send this person here, they can level up a little bit. And if I level them up first, then they're going to earn money a lot faster if they do this other thing. So there's a lot of like juggling employees around and figuring out who's best where and they also get tired and so like when they earn a certain amount of money they get tired you got to take them off the board replace them with somebody else so you're constantly like juggling your employees around which sounds kind of like busy work and it sounds kind of dry but it actually ended up being really fun and i think that's really one of the things that made this game stand out to me was like the game part was actually pretty fun like there's a legit game in here which is pretty cool but the other half of that is the adult only dating simulator part so the employees that you have that you uh send out to these buildings are also people that you can date the game offers you six men and six women to choose from and i will say also that when you start the game you do the character creator you can be uh, a man or a woman or you can be a trans man or you can be a trans woman so they give you lots of choices you can mix and match do whatever you want uh, and create your own character, which I think is cool. Like they, they definitely have like an eye towards the LGBTQ community, which yep. is great. Like if That's you want to cool. play a certain way, you can play a certain way. And the game also doesn't discriminate. Like if you want to date anybody, like there's no limitations. Like the men can date whoever they want to date. The women can date whoever they want to date. There's no, you know, gender construct or anything. It's like whoever you like is who you can chase. So you hire whatever employees you want and you have them like make the money for you and they do the stuff in the idle clicker side. But then after a while, You'll get these events that'll pop up and it'll be like, oh, would you like to take so-and-so on a date? And if you do, uh, they ask you questions and you can answer the questions. And when you build up enough of like uh, a little love meter that builds up in the corner, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they want to go on a special date with you. And then you get to go on their little like companion quest sort of thing. Each person uh, out of the 12 has like a multi-step companion quest where you get to know them a little bit better. And at first you're just like, you know, friends or like professional relationship. 
but then you go a little further and then it's like oh you're flirty and then you just keep going with that and then eventually it's like oh it's sexy and you can eventually like the the goal of this is to go through the stories and i will say that the stories for each character really well written they're really like genuinely funny i really like the writing in this game a lot um i laughed out loud multiple times they don't pull any punches there's a lot of like adult only humor and a lot of like really risque things that happen so i think it's really f cool and fun in that sense if you're a mature adult who is not like embarrassed or shy about these things if you don't mind a little you know uh sex jokes or stuff like that i think the writing is really fun like i really enjoyed getting to know the characters everybody has this very distinct personality they all stand out in different ways and it was really fun to go on all the different relationship quests with them and see how it was going to build and what it would lead to there's all these little you know weird left turns and surprises that pop up and the whole thing is just like none of it is serious at all like it's just totally for laughs really light really fun just joke 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 and like it's not heavy at all and that was really what i wanted that's kind of what sold me on it was because you know i've been playing a lot of games where i'm just like killing stuff and things are dark and it's all really grim and the world outside is really grim and i just like i just needed like a break right i need something yeah. totally different and playing this was like a total breath of fresh air where it's like it's just super fun jokes nothing's too heavy nothing's taken seriously it's really sexy um and as you as you go along in the game uh you unlock different outfits they get like more and more revealing as i'm sure you can imagine uh each person's quest eventually like when you get to the final day it ends up like with sexy times there's no visual graphic sex it's all just like text descriptions uh but those do get pretty graphic and you can also have the people be like like pretty naked or totally naked in certain parts so there's definitely like quite a bit of skin and a lot of nudity but i will say um if you're interested in this game for the humor or for the economic side all of the really spicy stuff like the the being totally naked and some of the sexual content is actually as a patch kept out of the game so if you go to steam and buy this game it'll be like max max gentleman sexy business standard version you buy that and it'll be you know there'll be a little bit of spice in there but it's not adults only spice but you have to go and like download the adults only patch which is also on steam once you patch that in it like unlocks all the other stuff so like you can't oh. you can't accidentally get all the hardcore stuff you know like you have to go out of your way to yeah. not only download the patch get the patch but then you also have to like go into the menu settings and crank up all the settings to like you know do you want this game to be max sexy yes or no yes i do you have to click the settings so they really go out of their way to like make sure you're not like stumbling into like naked people or any kind of sex if you don't want it because i do think that's a cool idea i think uh, a lot of games would really benefit from that uh, where there's something good about the game but maybe you don't want the sex part so it's optional and i think that's great uh giving people options is always really good so i downloaded everything cranked everything up to the max saw the whole thing from a to z definitely adult af for sure i would never want any of my kids near this uh but for grown-ass people of of any persuasion or gender or whatever i think this was really fun i had a really great time with it i i enjoyed it all the way through there's going to be some dlc with two new characters coming out soon which i'm really looking forward to uh i will jump back in and, and do those two new characters because i just want more of that comedy more of that writing it was just really good time and really fun to play so uh this was a great way for me to i guess break my pc drought i had a really great time with it and it was really fun okay i have many thoughts uh, okay just well just a few first off i was looking at the, the art on steam and there's a uh, one scene that says um it's lunchtime but they're also giving a guy a massage yeah <laughs> a, yes, a lunchtime yes. massage but it actually shows you a lot of hands you 
as you do. Yeah, you have to actually like do, I guess, the motions or whatever. It's one of the uh, mini games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there seems like there's mini games, which is interesting, as well as yeah, a bunch of like, visual novel type stuff. It doesn't seem like it, it gets super graphic. Obviously, they're not going to show me everything on Steam page, but uh, it well, from your description, it doesn't sound like it gets very graphic either. Uh, more just kind of like talking about stuff with naked people. It seems very like. talky. They talk about it a lot, and people are definitely like naked as hell. Like people are totally naked. You know, guys, girls full frontal like you'll see absolute nudity but there's no this is not like a hentai tentacle game like there's no like yeah crazy penetration or you know weird upside down camera shots or anything it's just it's not that kind of nudity which leads me to my next question uh there's a lot of art i do not see you liking this art at all i actually do like the art i do really i think okay because normally we've played games and it's had art that's similar to this and i was like yeah this is kind of iffy and you'd be like, yeah, I'm out. I'm like, I'm out because of this art. I, I, I'm very, very surprised that, well, A, that this is the game that broke your PC drought. Um, not that I don't like it, but it's just a very interesting one for you to pick. And then B, I just thought you wouldn't like this art at all. No, I actually do like this art. I think it's pretty cute, and I think it's stylized enough to where it's got my interest. They're very cartoony. I mean, they're kind of like... Right, they're not, not sexy time in my mind. Like I, I feel like how like it takes a special. Uh, there's certain types of people who like like okay like people like furries, right? right. You're like I get that. <laughs> that. You know, in my mind, that's sexy to me, right? So this 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 art for me personally, just not even playing the game, like I can never get a sexy feel. So that's why I'm just it's interesting. They do a good job with it because I mean, if like I'm not looking at the Steam page now, but I know what you're talking about. If you just look at it, like it doesn't jump out at you as something that seems like really like hardcore porno or hentai or whatever like it seems kind of i mean i don't want to say quaint but kind of a little bit quaint and kind of cartoony it's very cartoony cartoony. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah they do a good job with it though like i think that the the nudity that is in the game is pretty pretty graphic and i think that if you want to see naked folks like you're definitely going to see some naked folks and i think they do a good job like I, I, it is it fits the game it's fine and i'm not like taking it down because i haven't even played it but i i'm going to go on a very weird tangent now because okay. there's no way that we can't get a weird tangent out of max this entire thing is weird gentleman tangent. sexy business but i think what's turning me off right if you if there was i don't know if i've ever been turned on at this podcast but i know that <laughs> I've, I've officially been turned off because i remember like and this is okay this you know maybe this is an adults-only portion of the podcast, but sure, sure. let's say you're looking for some sexy time stuff on the internet. Sure, as and you I, do. As you might do, and I've done that. And then sometimes uh, when you don't want it, almost all, all the time when you don't want it, you might get some sexy time cartoons. And every freaking time I've seen sexy time cartoons, let's say one of them is with The Simpsons. It seems like a lot of them are with The Fucking Simpsons. I'm like, get the People fuck. People got problems in this country, man. Yeah, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want Sexy Time Simpsons, which, by the way, is the name of this episode. Write that down. Sexy Time uh, Simpsons. I, and I don't want Sexy Time Family Guy. I don't want any of the Sexy Time <laughs> cartoons. And so this game, I'm out. Because I don't want sexy time with my cartoons, Brad Galloway. I'm, I've been I've been burned. I don't blame you because I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And that is something that I definitely try to stay away from as well. But Ugh. I think it just goes really well with like the humor and like how like non-serious this game is. And even like even when you get into the sexiest of the sexy parts, it's still goofy. Like it's really funny. Like I just it just hit that tone for me where it's like, yeah, you like to see naked breasts. And I'm like, I sure do. 
but you also like to laugh. And I'm like, yeah, I also like to laugh as right. well. And it's like, a, it finds that good, happy medium yep. where you're not coming to this just for like whack material. You're coming to this because you like the jokes or you like the writing. And actually the gameplay is really great. I thought the gameplay was really fun. So if you want like the hardcore serious stuff, I mean, that stuff is out there or you can just like straight up, just Google that stuff. But for what they were going for, I thought it was really, really well done. And I, I think I really admire that they made an actual game and didn't just have an excuse to like show some cartoon boobs or whatever. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. doing doing a quick scan of Steam because I was like, oh, this game was super fun. Did they make anything else? Like what else is there that's kind of in the same boat? And I don't see very much at all that's in the same boat because a lot of the stuff that's on Steam in the adults only section, not that I'm an expert or anything. I just started playing PC like two weeks ago. But it's like it just seems like this is the bullshit crappiest thing that we could quote unquote call a game. And it's just some excuse to show you poorly drawn hentai pictures or something right. where it's like, why are you even bothering? Why don't you just go Google that stuff? Right. If Didn't I'm I... going to like play a game, I want there to actually be a game in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I played a game like that for this, like <clears throat> one of my like cheap and free PC indie games. And it was like, you know, hentai anime, big boob girl, like fights Hitler. And the gameplay itself was absolute rubbish. And it was yeah. just because they want to do that. Um, two things. One, you totally made a good point. And I think that that is um, a relevant point that it's like, it's kind of comical with sexy, which is a totally different thing than what I was like, you know, scarred by, which is just <laughs> Simpsons uh, porn. And then secondly, um, which, is, which is horrifying. Let's just be, let's the be words are horrifying. horrifying. And by yeah, the way, whoever makes that, it. whoever makes that stop it. Okay. Just stop it. Yeah, for the 18 it's, it's, people it's you're bad. making it for. And then secondly, I think we should, I just wrote it to note down. I think we should do an adults only uh, like section or at least like, cover that stuff on this podcast who the fuck else is doing that i mean that would be fine with me i would i i maybe people listening can recommend games that are solid that have some adult content i mean i'm definitely a newbie when it comes to this stuff it seems like it's all on pc because nothing like this ever hits console so if anybody out there is listening and has expertise in this please let us know we would we would like to maybe do a couple segments on this or talk about it some yeah i didn't Um, know there was a section you know when you just said there was a section i had no idea that's even a thing on steam so yeah if you get well i didn't even know it either but after i bought the game after hearing it on the podcast it's like oh we recommend these other things based on the thing that you just bought and i'm like oh okay and so they they picked like uh i think one of the tags was like lgbtq tag and there was a tag that was like adults only and a tag that was like sexual content so if you click on any of those it just takes you to the page where like all of those things with the same tags are like all on the page and so there's all these like you know there's like 2,000 other games and I mean just from my quick cursory glance it looked like like 1,900 of them were pure garbage yeah so I don't know that there's very much gameplay to be had there but if anybody knows of any adult adjacent or adult friendly game that actually has like some gameplay in it I would be interested in hearing about that sounds like you would be interested as well yeah and I'm going to do a little research now after, after this Excellent. show and by the <laughs> way the developer we didn't even talk about them they're called the men who wear many hats yeah you know i i looked into them they've actually done a game before this called max gentleman which has nothing it has nothing sexy in it i guess it's like a game where you you wear multiple hats like you're trying to balance hats on a guy's head or something and before that these guys made um Oregon trail not oregon oh, trail yeah, but oregon, oregon trail, trail yeah, the yeah. one where you're crossing the country on a road trip with zombies which i played which to be frank was not a great game uh, but I did play it and I bought it on PS4. So I'm like, oh, I actually know these guys work. I've done some of their games before. So that was interesting. I think this is definitely their best thing so far, though. Max Gentleman's Sexy Business. Really sexy, really funny, a really good time. It's approachable. It only uses the mouse. So if you're terrible with mouse and keyboard like I am, it's very easy to play. 
And I just, I had the greatest time with that. I thought it was just the greatest breath of fresh air. It was exactly what he needed after playing so many grim and gritty and just as like a nice break from reality. So cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, one more game to talk about, and then we're going to talk about We Should Talk, which is actually the final game of the show, uh, which is weird because we're already talking, but We Should Talk we about should We talk Should Talk some more in a second. Minute, yeah. Quick shout out goes to a game I'm currently playing called Nowhere Profit. It's on, I believe, every system, but I'm playing it on the Switch in handheld mode. It is a great fit for handheld. As a matter of fact, I actually emailed the publisher of this game, uh, Mike Rose over at No More Robots. What's up, Mike? Uh, and I said, hey, I'm interested in your game, but I'm not interested in wrecking my eyeballs with small text. Is this game actually decent on the Switch? And he's like, we actually went out of our way to make sure that this game was readable on Switch. I'm going to send you code and you tell me what you think. And he did. So full disclosure. Uh, and it was good. I think that the text is, it's been adjusted. And so it looks good and nice and readable and clear in handheld mode on Switch. So props to Mike Rose and No More Robots for making sure that got done. Thumbs up. Really appreciate it. This is a roguelike deck building game, which also has narrative story elements. If you're familiar with Slay the Spire, it's got a lot in common with Slay the Spire. Or people are telling me it's got a lot in common with Monster Train. I haven't played Monster Train yet. Also kind of similar to something like Meteor Fall or any of the um, console deck builders. There's there's a few out there. Um, Thronebreaker, perhaps, is another good one to compare it to. Basically, you start out in a post-apocalyptic land. Um, you get this, like, satellite crashing in front of you. Satellite from the sky. It's got, like, an AI on board the satellite. And it talks to you in your brain. And it says... Um, digital code, digital code, whatever, computer gobbledygook, but we need you to get to this place to do something super important, and I can't tell you any more about it because I'm a satellite and I just crashed. So you get this message in your head, and you want to go from the start of your adventure, which is like you're out in the wasteland, and you want to get to like this technology vault, which is like way super far away. And so you travel across a little map screen where there's little nodes on the map, and every time you hit a node, there's like uh, a fight, or there's like a story event or something. Um, and the thing that makes Nowhere Profit great is because the developers did not just make a really solid deck building game, which I think the gameplay here is great. I love the gameplay. But they also really took the time to develop a whole story and a world and a lot of flavor that really elevates this game past other experiences that are like it. Like Slay the Spire is great. I love Slay the Spire. The gameplay is really fun, but there's no world to it. Like there's no lore to it. It's just like you're doing these levels, you're climbing a tower. You don't really know why. It doesn't really even matter because it's all about the gameplay. So I feel like that's a missed opportunity. But in this game, they take the same quality of gameplay, but also give you like a reason. Like you have a mission, you want to get to this place, you want to go there. And it all ties into the whole systems of the game where your cards are actually also people and you are like the leader, you're like the prophet of these people. And so they believe in you and they want to join you on your mission. So as you collect more cards, you're also collecting more followers. And as you go through the narrative choices in this game, uh, you'll have these little text uh, pop-ups that say, oh, you know, you see three people walking on the road and they look like really rough when they're thirsty. Do you ignore them? Do you attack them? Do you help them? And whatever you pick will give you like points as to like, oh, you're an altruist or you're heartless or you're whatever. Like it'll give you these various points and that will affect the choices that you make in the future because some choices are not choosable unless you have enough points in a certain aspect. And also it'll like um, affect people if they want to join you, like more people will join you if you're a certain way or less people will join you. And that sometimes translates into more cards, which then that translates into a better deck when you get to the combat. So the whole thing is just like really holistic and connected, which I think is just a brilliant, brilliant idea. As far as the gameplay goes, uh, I really like it a lot. Uh, it's similar to a lot of other deck builders where you 
pick and choose the cards that go in your deck. Each one has an attack and a defense value. You've got a certain amount of power points. I mean, it's pretty standard, but the way that it uses the characters is great because if you use one of these cards and they get injured, they get taken out of the match, and if you use them again, they die. So you have to kind of be careful with your people because your people are also your cards, and if you throw them away without any care, you're going to end up with a deck with no cards in it, and then you're fucked. You might as well just have to start over then. It's so, not like the game you talked about other side where you're like just getting rid of people. No, no, all not really at all. Really. Like you really care about these people. And sometimes you get like tiny little bits of story with certain cards. Uh, most of them don't. They're just like they have a face and a name and they're randomly generated. So like you kind of attach your own mental stories to them. But once in a while you'll get like one card who will like help you out in a narrative mission. Or sometimes you'll be able to make a cool choice because this one card has this aspect that lets you make the choice. So some of the cards stand out, but most of them are just cards, but they are also people. So I, f I constantly was going into a match, a couple of my cards, you know, slash people would get injured. I would take them out of my deck because I didn't want them to die, which kind of forced me to like constantly cycle through my deck and change up how it played. So it kept the gameplay fresh every cycle that I played. And it just was just really thoughtful, well-designed, well-balanced everything about this game I feel like is just on point they really took a look at all aspects of this game everything makes sense everything is connected and on top of it all uh, the artwork is amazing the um, artwork's really it, good that's one yeah, of my the favorite things is, oh yeah. my god it's killer artwork they call it dust punk I guess where it's like wasteland cyberpunk but there's also a real strong like Indian as I mean like East Indian influence um, I don't know where that comes from maybe it's the creator or the artist or something but wherever they're getting the influence from like this game looks great like I love the like the bold colors semi-abstract like the portraits are just wonderful so like everything about nowhere profit is just fucking on point this is absolutely one of my favorite games of the year so far if you like roguelike deck builders if you like just deck builders in general but you want something a little bit better you want a little bit of story to it you want a little bit more motivation oh man i mean this this game is like my shit so nowhere profit is great absolute recommendation i have a question so um i looked at it i love the art i knew what it was i'm uh, more difficult to get me on board with a deck builder, especially a deck builder that's roguelike. Put them both together, usually I'm out. Uh, double not, poison for Carlos. Double poison for me, usually. Although I like Slay the Spire, and I liked Hand of Fate a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's moments where I like, again, story attached with card building and, you know, um, like Thronebreaker and stuff. Things, things can get me in. Um, so I would ask you, am I going to have a hard time with the difficulty of, like, do you, did you... You mentioned earlier on the other side, like you were essentially grinding a lot. Uh, do you feel grinding? Do you feel like you you kind of failed and you get to the end of the the little map thing you were talking about a lot? Well, so here's one thing that I like: like a run from start to finish is I want to say maybe like two hours, which is very perfect. That's a great time to have a run. I feel like sometimes uh, in other deck builders, it just takes way too long, and um, especially like with something like Slay the Spire, where I felt like I really liked the game, but it got kind of torturous after a while. Um, this one has a very good length. You can pause at any point. And I feel like at the beginning when you're learning the systems, it does feel just like a tiny bit overwhelming. But every time that I died, I felt like I genuinely learned more about what I was doing. And then once I finally figured out all the systems and how they all came together, I felt like I had mastery of it, right? So like I knew I was making very intentional choices. I was very careful about what I was doing. And I, I did beat the game with the starting character. I think there are six characters altogether. Um, so I did I did manage to beat the game. There's an easy, medium, and hard. There's also other options that you can toggle on and off. There's also a separate mode. If you don't want to do the campaign mode, you can do a custom mode where you can like start with way more money or start with like way more health. And you can like toggle these things on and off. 
to actually customize it where if you just want to play the game you can make it like way easier on yourself or or more challenging if you like um so i love that they give you those options and i feel like there's a lot more um they they go out of the way to kind of meet the player where the player is at rather than forcing the player to get on board with where they're at which mm. i feel like is the best way to go so if you are concerned about the difficulty i would not be too concerned about it because i felt like it was very reasonable on the standard campaign mode and then you can go to the separate mode to make even more choices uh, but uh, you do have to learn a little bit. The systems are a little bit unusual in some ways, and if you're not super familiar with deck builders, you may have to puzzle things through, but I felt like the learning curve was great, and by the time I learned it, I felt like I really learned it, and I was getting better every time. All right, yeah, that's a good answer, and that's an answer that I can get behind because, like, especially if there's a little bit of, like, uh, toggling of, of difficulty as well as once you figure something out, you're better at it, and I like that, not just, like, you're going to have to grind, you know, bullshit. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And there and there's no reason to grind either way. You don't get anything from grinding, so there's no there's no incentive whatsoever to grind in this game. Right. Okay, I am interested. I'm turned around a little bit. Alright. So that is nowhere profit. Uh I will definitely be talking about that in December when we talk about the best games of the year. I love this game so much. Really, really, really good. But that is nowhere profit. Let's talk about the last game of the show. We should talk about we should talk carlos uh we were sent codes for this game full disclosure both you and i Mm -hmm. because the publisher wanted us to talk about this on the show which is what we're doing right now uh it is a narrative indie game where the whole game is about talking you play a woman in a bar and she's texting her partner back home and she's also talking to two guys in the bar and you can kind of change the dialogue each each sentence you get has words that can be swapped in and out. So you can kind of change the intent, change the goal of what they're talking about. That's the bare bones. Um, I played this, you played this, let's talk about it. Uh, Carlos, starting with you, what did you think about We Should Talk? Hey, we should talk about it. Um, <laughs> developer name, by the way? Forgot it. I'm going to look it up while okay, you're talking. you look it up. Um, yeah, it's a it should choose your an adventure type game, right? Which I'm a big fan of. Uh, uh, full disclosure, I guess. Worked on a bunch of... Um, you know, choose your own adventure games when I was at Big Fish. I really love the platform. I love um, that kind of storytelling, and I like multiple endings. So that part is cool. Uh, for some reason, also, you're in a bar, and all of the music is like 90s R&B. <laughs> and I actually love 90s R&B, so it's perfect. <laughs> but it was weird, because I think all of it was made for the game. I feel like they're like original songs. Um and sometimes they're a little too lovey-dovey, but most of the time they're pretty chill. And it reminded me of a tangent that I want to go on. Uh, no one knows who I'm talking about now, but New Edition, um, Tevin Campbell, Groove Theory. These I know what like, you're talking about. I okay, do. okay, okay. Some older people know that, but that kind of stuff is what it reminded me of, like this really chill, old school like R&B music. So <laughs> that was funny. That was the soundtrack. Um, yeah, you talk to your your partner on the the on your smartphone, and she's texting, and you're trying to just. Um, it is she, right? Yeah, your main character yeah. is a woman. Your partner back home is also a woman. Yeah, but you're talking to two guys in the bar. One is like an ex, and one is like. One is uh, ridiculous. I yeah, I didn't pursue that particular guy, but apparently he like saw you on like. Um, tinder or something the equivalent or something like that i didn't know he, he messed camera. up he thought you were someone else and you weren't oh was it a mistake person. okay I yeah and in the I beginning you can just up. like be like okay fuck off dude or you can be like well 
I'm not the person you think, but also, what's up? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, sure yeah. if you were actually legit on Tinder or not. I, I kind of didn't talk to that guy very much. but No, no, I didn't either. Um, and by the way, uh, this is interesting, and we'll get to the, this at the end of our in quotes review, but I didn't finish it, and I'll explain why in a minute. But yeah, you, you basically talk to your partner, you're texting her, uh, you talk to the bartender in the beginning, then you start talking to your ex who you didn't think you'd see for a while, then you talk to this weird guy who thinks you're somebody else, and you can, like you said, you can pursue or basically shoo away pretty much all the people. Like you can tell your partner, hey, I'm at the bar drinking late, you know, kind of just like, <laughs> it's cool, but maybe I'll see you tomorrow, you know? And like maybe the difference. I won't. Yeah, maybe I won't. The difference of what you're picking is pretty, uh, you know, stark contrast sometimes. Like oh, sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, I'm just out and I'll, I'll drink, I'll eat with you later. Or it's like, oh, I'm out drinking. I'll see you tomorrow. And like, as you know, there's a text etiquette, you know, and there's, <laughs> and there's text fights because I know I've had them. And you go, if you say I'm, going to be there to like we'll hang out tomorrow that's like a diss right because she Absolutely. said like yeah yeah like i'm gonna have i'm gonna have food with you later right and, and you're like yeah i think we'll meet we'll hang out tomorrow what the fuck's wrong yeah and, if you're telling somebody don't wait up on text that's not a good sign right right so there's a lot of that going on um in the beginning i was a little frustrated with sam uh because i was like sam i'm trying to like you know get my chill on over here at the bar and Which one are, is Sam? Remind me. Is that your guy? Is that your character? Or who that's is that? the, your partner, right? Oh, your, oh that's yeah, right. Your partner's yeah, yeah. name Sam. That's right. And I was like, Sam, you're blowing me up here. And I really just want to chill out with a drink. So I tried to shut her down a bunch and she just kept texting. But uh, on a TMI, too real moment, I do text way too much. So I was like, maybe I'm seeing what I'm like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh shit, I have a problem. So this game taught me a lot about myself. Interesting. Okay. Uh, besides that, you know, you, you choose different things. And how, like, like like we just said, the way that you're going to deal with the people that you're talking to. But this is a short game made by, I'm sure, a pretty small developer. And there's only a few different outcomes, I guess, you can have. Um, I didn't finish the game because there's no saving. And that sucks shit. So, there's no saving? Huh. Yeah. Maybe put an update in there in your patch to just have, like, I don't know, one s button that you hit and it goes save because i was like oh i'll just play it later and i'll exit and i'll come back and i almost was at the end and i went came back and it was the beginning of the game oh wow i did not realize that okay that totally slipped past me because you were like in text message you're like did you finish and i was like oh no because i was almost at the end and then i had to start over so you could tell me what your thoughts were and also what the what ending you got uh because i would like to know like what kind of the resolve is because i don't i don't know what the end goal was for the game okay well that i i totally did not notice you couldn't save because i started this game when i got in bed and i was rolling credits by the time i was ready to go to sleep so it only took me like maybe 20 30 minutes or something like that i would imagine that maybe some of the other conversation threads are longer or maybe if you maybe if you bounced back and forth between conversation threads it might take longer um but i played it a pretty specific way uh so when my character got to the bar, um, she starts getting a text from your partner back home, uh, like you said. And the partner's like, oh, I miss you. I love you. And I'm like, I, I, you know, it doesn't tell you what your history is. It doesn't tell you, do you like your partner? Do you not like your partner? Right. Like, what's going on with you guys? Like, it's just like a blank slate, right? So you can do whatever you want. And as you look at the sentences that pop up, you can change the words. Like we said, you can, you know, you could be very like, oh, yeah, I miss you too. Or you could be like, I don't miss you at all. Or, you know, like you can <laughs> say whatever you want to say. 
So I just made, I made the, so, so what I kind of like inserted myself into the situation. I was like kind of imagining that it was like me and my wife. Right. And I love my wife very much. She's an amazing woman. Um, my perfect lady. I love her so much. And so I was imagining that it was us. Right. And I was like, okay, so if this is my wife or how would I treat my wife if this was me? And she's like, I miss you. And I'm like, yeah, I miss you too. And she's like, I'm making noodles. Come have noodles. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have noodles with you later. You bet. And like, she's like, I had a bad day. I'm like, oh, tell me about your bad day. Like, you know, like I was totally, I was totally like engaging with the the partner on text and being very positive and being like, yeah, I like you too. You like me. I like you. We have a good relationship. I love it. Yeah. I love a relationship. It's great. And so we were kind of going back and forth between that. And then uh, when your ex pops up in the bar, he's like, oh, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, didn't realize I'd see you here. And he's like, yeah, you ever think about us together old times? And I'm like, nope. And I just like totally shut him down. And then that weirdo who thinks you're from Tinder pops up. And he's like, oh, hey, babe. Yeah, let's talk about it. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Get the f-. I, I think it literally the choice is fuck you. And you uh, can just like I don't tell think that I, guy to. Yeah, I feel like I couldn't be harsh enough to him. And I, and I wanted to be. <laughs> no, there's definitely there's definitely an option that says either like fuck off or fuck you or something. I remember fuck being. Oh, like, yeah, maybe there is. Yeah. So I got to that part and he's like, oh, whatever. And then I just ended up like texting my partner for the rest of the time I was in the bar. And then I went home and like, uh, we just had like a good relationship. Um, when you get to the ending of that particular thread, it says, Oh, you guys decided to talk more. Um, you went to a relationship counselor and everything got like super good and you guys are super happy. And I'm like, cool, done. Oh yeah. Cause at some point we didn't really bring up, but it, there's a, like a conflict, right? Like the idea, which I think is interesting. One of my favorite parts really of, of this kind of, narrative experience is you can like um like you said you asserted yourself into or put yourself into this as how you would do it like you real brad but other people like an rpg or something will be like no this is my character i actually you know this curse this person likes this oh yeah you could totally do that yeah yeah but uh but so but what they do kind of i don't want to say force but they do present is this idea that if you're out somewhere and your partner is home and you are flirting and being out and about what where do you want to take that and also does that affect your relationship yeah no absolutely i think they really kind of put that in first and foremost and kind of into the partner part of it and so that's why if you guys went to counseling i think it just comes up to be like all right well you're doing something um where do you want to pursue this and what does that mean for you and your partner Right, right. When they when they did kind of like steer it that way a little bit, you know, I, I think my handling of that was kind of like, oh, I'm only at the bar because I need to just like chill. I'm not out here because of all the single people. And I, I, I definitely tried to steer it like like back to the relationship. Like I wasn't out there trying to play the field. Yeah. Um, and so they give you the option. And it, I, I do think you're correct. They do kind of want it. They do kind of want you to get into like the strife, even though they don't tell you what it is. Like, you know, is it you? Is it her? Like, you don't know who's the asshole. Are you both assholes? Like, what happened? Who who started the fight? Like, nobody knows, right? You're just kind of just guessing. Um, but I did, you know, as, as we got through that conversation piece, I was just like, you know, I should talk more. I, I, I shouldn't be so shut down. I should probably spend less time at the bar. She's like, yeah, okay, that sounds great. I'm going to try more on whatever it was that she was trying on. And we kind of just, like, mutually agreed. So I was glad that that was one of the potential outcomes. But like you said, you could totally role play it. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have totally been like, later, bitch. And just, you know, uh, not answer those texts. I could have, like, flirted with the ex and hooked up with the ex. I'm sure that's an outcome for that. And well, that's what I was, that, that. I was probably going towards that because... Oh, were you? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to see... My, I played the character, again, the character, as, right. like, um, you know, just do whatever and kind of a free spirit, you know? Because I feel like that's what they're presenting you. They're like, 
here's a bunch of people you can talk to. Although it could have been a bigger game, right? It could have been like a whole bar full of people uh, instead of just two people that you pick from. So I was just handling it that way. And I was going to like get more into like, what was this X about? And what was this like, how did like they fuck up? Because it seems like the this isn't really spoiler territory because you can still play it and still have a good time making decisions. But like, you know, there was like some past there and I wanted to get into that. So you know, I probably they're, go they're back your ex for a reason. I mean, you guys aren't together, so something happened. Right, and also how the happenstance. You know, oh my yeah. goodness, you you're here, I'm here. Let's see where this goes. You know, I'm I'm game. So I was gonna go down that route, and I'll, I'll play it and finish it now that you, I know that it's that short. Uh, and I'm guessing that I'll probably go with that person and like have a real big, you know, breakup moment or something. Um, I, I would I'll, be interested in that. I would be curious to see how that goes. Well, I'm going to do it. I, I will definitely do it, um, you know, before we, the next podcast, and I'll tell you what my ending was. I, I will say this. I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun experience. I actually loved the 90s R&B music a lot. Um, I, I, it did also remind me, though, because I play a lot of Choose Your Adventure type games, is, and this is a tangent, so my final note is that I, lo- I like this game. I was going to say love. I like this game a lot, and here's my tangent. Uh, I want a game like this that has like Zork in it and the old people in the room know what I'm talking about. So Zork was an old text adventure. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a book was also turned into a text adventure early on. And these early text adventures really did let you type anything. Like the text parser adventure where you could type in like go north, search room and stuff like that. But you could also be like, jump up and sing hippie doo dah and it would be like well, i don't know what you're talking about right because it doesn't have that programmed but it had a ton programmed and it also some of the really good ones like um and this is a wicked tangent but like there's these things called muds do you remember muds yes uh, i never played them but i knew what they were basically like mmos that were text adventures a lot of those had even more like ability to uh, parse text and allow you to do lots of different things like uh, similar to uh, Dwarf Fortress where it's a very simple kind of system not graphic heavy but the the kind of what you can do in text is unlimited right it's right, it's, right. It's, a, it's a very fascinating world to me um, and actually when I was a kid I made a bunch of games on my Commodore 64 and TRS-80 that were like this which were just basically text adventure type stuff so I bring this up because while I like this game the limitations were pretty apparent and I wanted to tell, I guess you can tell that guy to fuck off, but I wanted to say more things to my partner. Like I just got to go or whatever. I, when they mentioned like relationship stuff, I was just not having it. I just think a game like this with that type of text parsing would be amazing. And so am, I, am I wrong? Yeah. Is that already out there? I mean, maybe it is. I don't know for sure. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I'm sure that somebody in indie space has probably explored that stuff. I was just going to say, um, you know, I totally hear what you're saying. I have played some of those text parser games back in the day and they were pretty interesting. Like, especially when you would like luck into something that you thought was like a shot in the dark and then you, you know, you hit something that was a secret or an Easter egg or some, you know, the developer was waiting for you to say that. And, and that's a, a cool moment. Um, but in terms of the limitations of this game, I mean, clearly a small team, uh, clearly a small game. I mean, it's only like 20 minutes long, but I think that with the limitations they had in place, the, the system of being able to choose words for the sentences, I thought worked pretty well. And I mean, clearly this is not an open-ended game. There's only a certain amount of endings that they could program. I mean, they had to like go through the conversation branch tree and figure out, 
you know, if you like this thing, then do this. And if you didn't like this thing, then do this. So I'm sure it was like way more work than it seems because it seems like a very straightforward, simple game, but I'm sure it was an enormous task that I just can't comprehend. But for what it is, I feel like it was pretty successful. I love, I love where this is at just mechanically. I would love to see this game, this game system of switching the words around expanded upon because I think it makes for some pretty interesting moments. Um, not as freeform as a text parser, certainly. Um, but I think way more freeform than a lot of other games where you're just choosing between, say, A or B. I mean, this is like you could change three or four words out of each sentence and that each word would like radically change what you said. So yeah. I think it's a pretty cool system. I really like like the concept of it. I would love to see it expanded upon and like maybe take this entire system and put it in like a larger game. So like maybe you've got an open world game or like, can you imagine like playing like ghost of Tsushima, but then when you get to back to your town or whatever, this system pops up where you're talking to the townsfolk and you can be like, no, I'm going to burn your village down or no, I will save your village from being burned or no, I'm going to burn myself. Yeah. Like whatever, you know, there's literally like um, a very limited, but there are some a perfect uh, example. Uh, Choose your own, what you're going to say moments in ghost of Tsushima. Uh, which is really interesting because they, they come out of nowhere. You know, like you're just like kind of on a side quest and they're saying like they're talking about some lore piece or something and you, and you can have two options. But again, it's only two options. And if that, if this system was there, man, it really Pretty does. incredible, right? Like, yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah. So I, I'm agreeing, by the way. Um, my tangent was because I had the opportunity to go on a tangent about text games because I do <laughs> love them. Um, and I do think it would work really well in a game like this where you're trying to like go through relationships. I mean, oh my goodness. Yeah. Somebody please make that game. But for what this is, like you said, in small team, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I really liked the, the way you could switch around the meaning of, of your sentence just by a few different words. Yeah. A lot of potential here. A lot of potential. I would love to see this system expanded upon and used in a larger game. That would be fucking amazing. That would be great. So Yep. Right on. That was We Should Talk, and we did talk about it. So thank you to the developers and the publishers for sending us that code. I did look it up, and it was, of course, I don't have it. Whitethorn Games, new up-and-coming indie publisher, Whitethorn Games. is the publisher developed by Insatiable Cycle. Um, so kudos to all those folks. Thank you very much. And that is the end of our, our games coverage, although we do have one more section. We haven't done an, an eye on games field in a while where Carlos talks about games that are on his upcoming radar. But I think we are going to dip back into that today. Correct, Carlos? Yeah, just two games real quick, uh, and we'll we'll bring it back. I, I just think um, sometimes it's nice to tell some games that I'm going to be playing because you can just like go get the name of the game now and go play it. <laughs> Uh, it's more like kind of a, hey, did you know these games exist? But also, um, you know, I have my eye on them because I'm going to play them. So the first one is something I just picked up um, a week ago, and I forgot to to kind of experience it for this podcast, but it's called Plane. <laughs> well, no, I, to experience it. <laughs> because uh, you, let me finish. Let me finish. It's Plane with a Y, so P-L-A-Y-N-E, and it's a meditation uh, game. It's not really a game. It's a meditation experience. Okay, And essentially what it is, is you, uh, it helps players, I'm going to read the tagline. It helps players learn and build a daily habit of meditation. You grow and transform this game world by meditating. And it actually builds resilience to stress and experience calm and relaxation. Um, You have this like foresty area and you can like do things in the world a little bit. And then you focus on meditation and it just looks really cool and i feel bad i haven't started it yet but i'm gonna try it tonight because i could use it after a little bit of work today so 
uh, Plane, P-L-A-Y-N-E. Check that out. That's on my Ion Games field. Um, it's very, very interesting idea. And the other two is Disco Elysium. I'm finally going to play. Oh, uh, man. I'm really looking forward to that on uh, when it comes to PS4. I know, but now that you've switched over to PC, you can get in there. Come on. Nah, nah. So, nah. so b- sexy business time and not Disco Elysium. I'm, I'm puzzled. I mean, number one, sexy. But number two, I think sexy business time, uh, I think it only ended up being like eight hours total or something. Like I could play it for an hour a night and it wasn't that big a deal. But I wouldn't want to play like a 20 or 30 hour game on PC, I don't think. Right, okay. Anyway, so I'm going to check that out finally. Um, and I know that everybody in the world has already played it and beat it, but I've always wanted to. And my last one, I on Gamesfield. I forgot this came out. It just like quietly came out. But that Paper Mario game. Origami. Uh, origami. origami. Yeah. Yeah. It like, looks really cool. And we have a Switch. Like, what the fuck? Why, we aren't talking about this game. It just, why are you not playing this already, Carlos? I'm a little bit upset. Why aren't you playing this already, Brad? You have a Switch and you're Mr. Switch. Uh, I don't. I don't really get into the Paper Mario stuff. It's not my jam. Do you get into any Mario action? I I do like Mario in general, but it seems too much like an art JRPG to me, and I don't. I don't. I don't play those anymore. Which I do like. And you do uh, like. What was the uh, Super Mario RPG? Is fucking phenomenal. Back in the day, yeah, I got into that back in the day. I kind of. I just. I don't do those anymore. But back back when I liked them, I did like it a lot. So it's not like I don't like it. Well, I mean, I. I guess I dislike it, but. I don't have a I don't have a beef with it. I'll just say that it's just not my jam. All right, well it's on my Iron Game Shield. Uh, people, if you forgot that it came out, it came out, and uh, I'm gonna download it and pick it up and play it. There you go, excellent, excellent. All right, folks, I think that is gonna do it. Um, I don't have anything else. I think that taps out our content barrel. We are now empty. Uh, good time to wrap the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, before we go, as always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, so video games podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter as a show at So Video Games, but you can reach us. Maybe Carlos, are you anywhere that people can find you this week? Or are you still in the village? I mean, I live in this village. I don't know really want to leave. It's great. Um, less muscle cars recently, so we've heard less of those guys. That's good. Uh, less smoke monsters. Uh, smoke monsters, I think, are the ones that got rid of the cars. Oh, so great. they're okay. still here, but I'm kind of friends with them. And yes, I'm on Twitter a little bit. O n a w a. But mainly, I'm just going to plug this for the next, like, four weeks until it's done. Uh, a robot is you.com. Just go there, sign up for updates, and you get to see my little, weird little robot game that will be a thing at some point. Excellent. When you go to that page and see the giant uh, anime titty girl, you'll know that you found Carlos's yes. game. Yes. I freelanced that already. <laughs> as for me, same as always on Twitter, on Instagram, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And that's going to do it for episode 192. Thank you again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we will be back before you know it. In the meantime, this is Bye from Brad. And this is, hey, people who are making that Simpsons porn, stop it. <laughs> stop Just it with the Simpsons stop porn. Stop it. Family Guy and all of it, okay? Especially Just... the Bart and Lisa stuff. That's that's fucked Oh, up. it's that's all messed up. up. And I hate to end the episode on this, but you know what? You got to the end. And congratulations. This is your prize. Okay? It's, sorry. It's, sorry about that. Yeah, and sorry. also, fucking stop it.